the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views expressed during the broadcast are solely for entertainment purposes and do not necessarily express the views of KNTH, its management, Max Out Savings Advisors, or its sponsors. Max Out Savings Advisors and members of the Max Out Savings team may or may not hold securities mentioned during the show. Plan for your prosperity. Prepare for your retirement. Safeguard your savings. And nurture your investments. This is the Max Out Savings Show with Ted Gioka, a presentation of Max Out Savings Advisors. Now, here's your host from Max Out Savings Advisors, Ted Gioka. Good morning and welcome to the Max Out Savings Show, a show about savings and investments. Our motto and our philosophy is to save aggressively and invest conservatively. We are one of Houston's longest running financial shows and Today, we've got a great great guest on our show, uh, Jim Rickards. Hello, Jim. Hi, Ted. How are you? Good, good. Uh, uh, Jim has written a number of books, uh, Currency Wars, uh, the... uh, the, the what is it the, the new the new case for gold the death of bunny uh we've had him on our show in the past with currency wars i, 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 I we actually talked at the milken global institute and uh, he is a world leader in understanding uh, monetary systems and and really ha- has made a very good case about the the world today in what's changing he's predicted the currency wars that we're seeing now and uh you got a new book out jim uh, the, the the road to ruin Thank you, Ted. It just uh, just came out this week. Uh, it's available, of course, in bookstores everywhere, Barnes & Noble and independent bookstores and on Amazon. It's having a great start, and I appreciate you having me on the, on the show to talk about the book. Well, you know, you, you've done a – you've been very president really understanding where this thing is going. You predicted a lot of these things when, when no one thought it was possible, I don't know how many years ago, in – and really laid out a, a tremendous case in the currency wars, and that really is 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 the way that we seem to be working down the 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 the, the road here. Uh, and it, it's almost a little frightening how some of the stuff you're predicting is happening. Uh, what give us the base uh, case for for the road to ruin? What 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 are you looking for going forward here? Well, what I'm looking at, Ted, uh, my my methodology, of course, is very different from what central banks and academic economists, uh, you know, people at Harvard University or whatever, they use these models. Uh, I don't want to get too in the weeds on technically how they do it, but they make a lot of assumptions about what's called the normal distribution of risk or how frequently bad things can happen and markets are efficient and they price in information, people behave rationally. None of those assumptions are true. All of these assumptions that they use to model the economy are shown to be false. That's not just opinion. There's a lot of experimentation and data at this point to back that up. So it's no surprise that the economy goes into a panic every seven or eight years, uh, because if you use the wrong models to guide the economy, you're going to get the wrong results every time. I use a different set of models. I use complexity theory and certain branches of applied mathematics. We're getting much better results with it. But unfortunately, what we see is very disturbing. So my books, in some ways, are warnings, uh, talking about the flaws, talking about the instability, 
in, in very rigorous ways. I mean, this book has, uh, it's not an academic textbook. It's very readable. I hope people enjoy it. But yes, it, it is. Does, it, it does have a lot of backup, so I don't like to make claims without backing it up. So on the one hand, it's a warning to regulators and policymakers about ways to avoid the crisis. But on the other hand, I'm saying to the everyday readers, say, look, we may not be able to save the world, but you can at least save your own savings and your own investments and your own family by taking a few prudent steps on the front end. So just to specifically talk about what, what we see coming, I use three crises, 1998, 2008, and then a hypothetical crisis in 2018. And that's just to keep the 10-year tempo. So there's 10 years between 1998 and 2008. So let's just go out another 10 years, assume that's the tempo, and talk about 2018. Although I make the point that don't be complacent between now and 2018. These are things that could happen tomorrow. I'm not saying they will happen tomorrow. I'm just saying the instability is already Yeah, there. and Jim, what we're really talking about here is is really uh, not not to save the world, but it's it's the financial system when when you say that is really what we're talking about Correct. here. Correct. Yeah, that's right. My expertise is uh, the financial system, inter- international monetary system <laughs> in particular. I'm looking at institutions like the International Monetary Fund and the Bank for International Settlements. And, and look, everyday listeners, readers, these are not household names, but I do explain it all in the book, so if these are are not familiar to you as a reader. I, I, again, I take the reader through it so you can really see who's pulling the strings and what the leadership of the international monetary system uh, really is. So I start with 1998, and that was a very severe crisis. That was when Russia defaulted. This was August, September 1998. I remember it well. And, and there was that hedge fund, long-term capital management. By the way, I negotiated that bailout. I was the lawyer for long-term capital management. I was in the room with Fed officials and Treasury officials and bankers when that whole thing went down. But my point is that, and by the way, that almost brought down the financial system. People do not understand that. Is that correct statement? That's exactly right. We were just hours away from shutting every stock and bond market in the world. It was not an exaggeration. Um, uh, Alan Greenspan, who was chairman of the Fed at the time, Bob Rubin, secretary of the Treasury at the time, testified to that effect on Capitol Hill. I was there. I saw it. Now, we got the money. We got the $4 billion in to prop up the balance sheet. The Federal Reserve cut interest rates on September 29th. They cut them again on an emergency basis, October 15th. So all those things were done to prevent this meltdown from, from happening. But we were, as I say, we were hours away. If that deal had fallen down, and there were many ways in which it might have fallen down, even though it didn't, uh, the world would have collapsed then. So come forward 10 years, 2008, the same thing. We were just days away from the sequential collapse of every bank in the world. So Bear Stearns yes. failed in March 2008. Uh, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac failed in June uh, 2008. Lehman Brothers failed in September 2008. Morgan Stanley was a couple of days away. Then it would have been Goldman Sachs, then Citibank, Bank of America, J.P. Morgan. The entire system would have crashed. Now, the Fed intervened with tens of trillions of dollars of money printing. And I'm not talking about the money printing that's on the balance sheet. That's about $4 trillion. They printed up $10 trillion and secretly gave it to the European Central Bank in exchange for euros. Believe it or not, our, our central bank got euros from the European Central Bank. So the European Central Bank could bail out the European banks, which had a dollar shortage. That's yeah, and that was it. called dollar swaps. Is that it? Dollar, dollar euro swaps. Right? Yes. Now, that was not, by the way, that was not known at the time. That came yes. out years later as a result of congressional hearings. So, again, this close. So, so twice in 10 years, we were hours or days away from complete collapse of the system. Now, that we are, we're set up for this collapse to happen again, but here's the difference, uh, Ted. In 1998, Wall Street bailed out a hedge fund. In 2008, central banks bailed out Wall Street. In 
2018, if not sooner, who's going to bail out the central banks? In other words, each bailout gets bigger and more dangerous than the one before. And we're at the point now where the, where the, where the central banks can't bail themselves out because they've never reduced their balance sheets. They printed all these trillions of dollars. If they had somehow normalized, like reduced the money supply and gone back to where they were, they didn't, I'd be the, yeah, they they didn't, didn't even it. normalize the rates, interest rates either. They, they didn't normalize rates. They didn't normalize the balance sheet. They, they are today, they are still about where they were at the height of the crisis. So if we have another crisis tomorrow, which we could, and which we do every seven, eight, nine years, I mean, this, this you can see coming, they're out of ammunition to deal with this. So there's only one clean balance sheet left in the world. There's only one source of liquidity left in the world. That's the International Monetary Fund in Washington. They have a world money. They don't call it world money. They call it the Special Drawing Rights, or SDRs. But that's just a, a funny name, so people won't understand what it is. But just think of it as world money. They can print it up, and they will. They'll print up trillions of SDRs. Now, notice I didn't say trillions of dollars. I said trillions of SDRs. Hand them out to their members, uh, and then that's how they re- liquefy the world. But from that day on, that's the end of the dollar as the benchmark global reserve currency, because then the SDR will be the new benchmark. We'll still have dollars, and you and I will still have dollars, and the listeners will have dollars. But it'll be like a local currency, like Mexican pesos. Like, so when you go to Mexico, you get some Mexican pesos. Or if you go to Paris, you get some euros. Well, we'll have dollars locally, but the, but the key benchmark currency will be this special drawing letter SDR, this world money. It'll be highly inflationary. It'll wipe out savings. And that's what investors need to get ready for. That's yeah, that, and that's what my, uh, my my fear on this is. And the uh, okay, what about uh, gold in this situation? Well, gold is going to do extremely well under one of two scenarios, basically. So let's imagine that they go ahead exactly as I described, and they will. But but this is you can see this coming. There's a question about whether it will work or not. That's another question. But they're definitely going to try it. So if they try it, meaning printing these SDRs, and it works. It will be highly inflationary, and the dollar price of gold will soar. I estimate $10,000 per ounce. By the way, that's not a guess. That, there's actually math behind that, and I explain it in, in my book, The Road to Ruin. Uh, but if you look at global money supply today uh, for the big four, so Japan, China, Europe, and the United States, yeah. it's about $24 trillion. If you have to back up that money supply with gold, and that's not automatic, but that's one choice, even at the 40% level, so I'm not even talking about 100% gold backing. I'm talking about 40% gold backing, which is what the United States had from 1913 to 1968. And look at the amount of physical gold. What would the price have to be to back up $24 trillion in money supply using 33,000 tons of gold? The answer is about $10,000 an ounce. So that's where that comes from. So one of two things is going to happen. If the SDR solution works, you're going to get extreme inflation, and the dollar price of gold is going to go up. If the SDR solution doesn't work and you have to go back to a gold standard, not because you want to, no central bank wants to, but they may have to in order to restore confidence, then you have to price it at $10,000 an ounce in order to make it work without hybrid deflation. So either way, gold is going to soar. It's going to be the safe haven when confidence is lost in these other forms of money. But the point I make is that when this happens, it'll happen very quickly. You're not going to be able to get the physical gold. It's going to dry up. You'll call your dealer. Uh, they'll be out. You'll call the mint. They'll be back ordered. You know, big guys, central banks. Yeah, well, and this, know, by the way, and this, 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 ha- this has happened in, and this is the question, this happened in India this week, correct? Well, it's actually a little In a bit, way, in uh, a way. In a, well, no, in a, in a big way. You're absolutely right, Ted. I wrote this book. Um, I finished writing it uh, around August, September. I have included 
uh, you know, because I make these cases again. I don't want to just throw scenarios out there. I back them up. I had included Cyprus in 2013, Greece in 2015, um, a lot of other documentation as case studies. I finished the book in early September. That you know, then it goes to the printers and gets put out to the distribution chain and so forth. India just happened last week. I was talking about things that I thought might might happen in six months or a year or a year and a half. They happened the week the book came out. What happened in India is exactly what I predicted in the book, meaning they, they basically woke up and declared certain kinds of currency illegal. Now imagine the President of the United States going on TV today and saying $20 bills are no longer illegal tender. They're no good. You can take them to the bank and we'll give you four fives or we'll give you 20 singles, but no more $20 bills. Well, that's exactly what they did in India. It was a 1,000 rupee note, which is uh, actually a little bit close to $10, but you know, yeah, the point's the same. That was amazing. The 1,000 the, the one, the 1, rupee note is no longer a legal tender. So what's going on in India? Well, here's what's going on. I mean, these people, they, they have high IQs and university degrees. This is idiocy because India is the second most popu- populous country in the world. There are 1 billion people in India approximately, and it's largely a cash economy. So you have fishermen who used to wake up, you know, commercial fishermen, they go down, they use paper currency to buy fuel and you know bait and supplies for their boats. They go out fishing, they come back, they sell the fish, they get paid in paper currency, etc. Nobody wants the money. People won't take the money from them because they say, hey, I don't want this money because it's, it's no good anymore. So then they can't go fishing. They're not bringing back the fish. People are starving. They're rioting. And just to make it worse, you know, I said you had to bring in, you know, it's a thousand rupee notes. So for Americans, it would be like, you got to bring in your 20s. And we'll give you four or fives, and they printed up this new money as the as a way to as something to give you in exchange for the old money they didn't want. It's the wrong size. The new money doesn't fit in the ATMs. They have to go out and rip out the guts of every ATM in India and change the dispenser. This isn't program. Yeah, and this, this is, is by the way, to our listeners, this is happening this week in India. This isn't some hypothetical. <laughs> Correct. So now, so now the economy is shutting down. People are starving. They're starting to riot. None of which is a surprise. It's not good. I mean, no one condones that kind of stuff. Yeah. But, but I, in my book, I talk about money riots. I talk about shutting down banks. I talk about reprogramming ATMs. But all of this is coming in the United States. Do not sit here in the United States and say, "Oh, it's it's only Cyprus." It's not. I mean, Greece is an, as a member of the euro. Greece is a developed economy. India is you know, physically a landmass. One of the Ten largest countries in the world, population the second largest country in the world, major economy. This is not happening in like little island nation states, uh, and it's coming to the United States. It's just a yeah, matter and of they time. use the excuse they want to get get the money out of the untaxed economy. Can we take a quick break and get you right back for another quick segment? Sure. Thanks, sure. Jim. Hold on just one second. We'll be right back here on the Max Out Savings Show. The Max Out Saving Show with Ted Gioka is taking your calls now at 713-339-1070. Ted Gioka will return after these messages. This is Ted Gioka, host of the Max Out Saving Show, one of Houston's most popular financial radio shows, celebrating over a decade on the air in Houston, Texas. With stocks at record high valuations and interest rates near record lows, you need to have your guard up. You need to have a plan to manage risk to your retirement. Do you? At Max Out Savings Advisors, we have a risk-based value investing approach to your retirement. If you would like some help managing your retirement, go to MaxOutSavings.com to set up an appointment. That's MaxOutSavings.com. 
Hi, I'm Sam Malone. You know me as the host of the morning show right here on AM 1070, The Answer. But I'm also the owner of Houston's cutting-edge media company called 512 New Media. At 512 New Media, we create amazing videos that companies use on their websites, telling their story in bold colors with exciting animation and graphics. At 512 New Media, we also shoot television commercials and instructional videos. And if you want to show off your business from the air, we're ready to go with our drone video aircraft. Let us help you create your media message. We're online at 512newmedia.com or call 281-822-8803. 512 New Media is Houston's only media creation and distribution company that's actually owned by someone who's currently on the air. And that gives us an incredible edge when creating content for consumers to use on their laptops, tablets, and smartphones. Standing by to create your message, we're 512 New Media, 512newmedia.com. The Max Out Saving Show returns now with your host, Ted Gioka. Welcome back to the Max Out Saving Show. Uh, we're, we're, today we're talking to uh, James Rickers uh, of uh, Currency Wars in his new book, Road to Ruin. Uh, exciting interview. Uh, Jim, uh, we're just t- one question I had. Uh, actually, I want to talk about this doesn't mean, that, like I said, we're talking about the, the financial system. And, and it's not just, you don't want to put all your money in gold, but, but I think you want to hold hard assets and understand inflation is coming. Is that a fair statement? That's absolutely fair. And by the way, I've said that many, many times. Uh, I recommend 10% of your investable assets in gold. And a lot of people, you know, on the web or whatever, they want to put words in your mouth and they say, uh, you know, Jim Rickards says sell everything and buy gold. I've never said that. I don't think that's a good idea. Um, I define investable assets. I, I exclude home equity and business equity. So, you know, if you're a car dealer or a doctor or lawyer, you run a pizza parlor or, a, you know, dry cleaner, whatever. You know, take your business equity, put it to one side. You don't want to gamble with your, your livelihood. Take your home equity, put that to one side. Whatever is left, those are your investable assets, and I would put 10% of that in gold. That's your insurance. You know, you don't, we all have uh, fire insurance on our homes. We don't want our homes to burn down, but heaven forbid if they do, we're sure glad we have the insurance. We don't want our portfolios to burn down. Nobody's rooting for a stock market crash, but you can see these things in the cards. And if they happen and you're losing on a lot of other assets, the gold is the, thing, is the thing that will preserve your wealth in these extreme scenarios. But yeah, that's it. it. You're trying to. What you want to do is you want to basically stay even and move ahead in a crisis of everyone else. Correct. It, it, and, Correct. And this is the way you do it. You might even be down some, but if you're way ahead of everybody else, you're in a good situation. Yeah, and I don't even think you know the, the dollar price price of gold fluctuates. It goes up and down. But I don't that I don't think of the dollar price of gold as gold going up or gold going down. I think of it as the dollar moving around. In other words, I think of gold as a constant value. That's my measuring stick. So let's say one ounce of gold is, uh, I don't know, today it's around $1,210, give or take, okay? Yeah. So if, if gold goes to 1300 to me, uh, gold didn't really go up. It meant that the dollar went down. I, I get less gold for my dollar. If gold goes to, say, 1000 I don't think the gold went down. I think the dollar went up. In other words, when you have a strong dollar, the dollar price of gold goes down. When you have a weak dollar, the dollar price of gold goes Okay, up. now the dollar's so, been, been strong. Not to jump in here, but I want to get a couple of things. What, what, you wrote this book really on target in, in what surprised everyone. It didn't surprise us, but the, it seems to surprise a lot of people is the, the, the Donald Trump win. A huge win. How did that change things? Well, um, on a going forward basis, um, you know, 
the problem is so many people had problems with, you know, Trump's uh, personality and his conduct. No, nobody took a close look at his policies. But, you know, yeah. if you look at what his policies actually are, he's kind of the helicopter money president. He's a, he's a big spender. He wants to, you know, the reason the stock market's going up right now, it's pretty obvious. So, you know, the pharmaceuticals, he's, going, he's promising less regulation. But Trump's saying, I want to cut taxes, more infrastructure spending, more spending on defense, and uh, less regulation. So for defense stocks, you know, like Lockheed and Boeing and Raytheon, you know, they're going up because they're spending more on defense. Um, you know, infrastructure stocks, you know, Caterpillar, John Deere, you know, transportation, they're going up because he wants to spend more on roads and bridges. Uh, bank stocks are going up because of less regulation, steeper yield curve. Pharmaceutical stocks are going up because he wants to repeal Obamacare. So you look across all these sectors, they're all going up because they like what they see in terms of tax cuts, regulatory cuts, and more spending. And that's fine. It's given the, the stock market a good boost. But then you have to do a reality check on this. So if Trump is going to cut taxes, which he says he is, and spend a trillion dollars on infrastructure in various ways, which he says he is, this is what the Trump uh, group is saying, um, that's going to blow a hole in the deficit. You're looking at increasing deficit by one or two trillion dollars. That's on top of the $20 trillion of national debt that we already have. Hence the higher so interest rates. Correct. Well, well, for the time being. But the question is, uh, you know, yeah, and a strong dollar. But the question is, how is that going to play out? A strong dollar is deflationary. America is a net importer. If we have a strong dollar, it means the stuff that Americans buy from overseas costs less because our dollar is worth more. So that's deflationary. So the Fed says they want inflation, but uh, a strong dollar is deflationary. So how does that work? The yeah. dollar is getting stronger because the Fed's going to raise interest rates. So it all comes down to the Fed. If they accommodate Trump's spending, so Trump's the big spender, he looks more like Nelson Rockefeller, or I mean, even Ronald Reagan was, was a big spender. You know, Reagan took the uh, national debt from 35% debt to GDP to 50% debt to GDP. Now, he spent most of that on defense, and we won the Cold War, which is good. So I would say Reagan spent a lot of money, but we got something for the money, which is we won the Cold War. Uh, but Bush and at 43 and Obama have been spending a lot of money, and it doesn't seem like we're getting very much we got for nothing it. To show for we, it. we may be at the point where we don't get much bang for the buck. So, so that's inflationary. If the Fed accommodates it, look out for inflation. You definitely want to own gold. If the Fed does not accommodate it, if the Fed tightens into this because they're worried about inflation, they could throw the economy into a recession, and then that'll take the stock market down. So there's, you know, there's a lot of good news about the Trump victory. I don't want to deny that, but. There's some things that don't add up that have to be watched carefully. Now, these currencies, did we really start getting more currency wars in here right now because of the? And I just have about a minute here. Sure, because uh, yeah, the dollar is getting a lot stronger. The Chinese yuan is getting a lot weaker. That feeds into this notion that you know China is helping their economy at our expense. So uh, the thing about the currency wars, and I wrote that book in 2011, I made the point that we don't always have them, but when we do, they can last 15 or 20 years. So I'm not surprised the currency war is still going strong. Uh, Ted, if we talk to you up now, I would expect the currency wars would still be going on. Okay. Uh, the, uh, uh, Jim, uh, the book is called The Road to Ruin by Jim, James Rickards, and uh, just came out a, a phenomenal book in, in kind of explaining where we're going. Uh, Jim, thanks a lot for coming on the Max Out Saving Show, and uh, I hope everyone orders the book. You can get it on Amazon, and you have been right for a number of years, and the more worrisome thing to me is is you predicted a lot of this stuff in the past, and it's all coming about. Thank you, Ted. Thanks a lot. Uh, now, uh, 
We're coming up on the end of the show. We've been preempted by the Baylor game today. Uh, so, uh, but if you if you're not on our 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 list, our max out savings report list, we're going to send out another report uh, here shortly. And uh, so, if you if it's a free report, just go to the website maxoutsavings.com. If you need some help with your retirement, you know where to go. It's maxoutsavings.com. I hope everyone has a great weekend, and we'll see you next week right here on the Max Out Savings Show. This has been the Max Out Savings Show with Ted Gioka, a presentation of Max Out Savings Advisors. Produced by Doug Harris and Noisemaker Communications. Join us next Saturday at 10 a.m. for the Max Out Savings Show with Ted Gioka on AM 1070, The Answer. Planet Oat Oat Milk is so rich and creamy. I love it in my cereal, but also in smoothies. With zero grams of sugar in Planet Oat unsweetened varieties. But it gets even better. It's an excellent source of calcium with vitamins A and D that's delicious in everything. Mmm, including my lattes. Pick up the carton that has it all. Or visit planetoat.com for more. Planet Oat. Be good to you.